Hallelujah. I got to slow my row. Amen. I want to thank you all that are here for your giving and uh, in, in the virtual giving, the giving online. Um, we've had also people that have come to give and have dropped off their tithes and gifts and offering. And what I'd love to do at the end of the service, Adrian and, and Matthew, would you guys be okay to take the offering baskets and you can allow people to go out the door without giving. But if you could just be at the door, yeah, we got the muscle. But if you'd like to give, last week somebody asked if what they could do, and it was something I hadn't even thought about. So if, if you guys could just stand, and that way we're not passing the, the, the um, basket out. But if you want to give this morning, you can give online or you can give in person. Also, next Sunday, make a note of this. Next Sunday is Dad's Day, Father's Day. And so we are not having a conventional service in this building. We're going to have a drive-through like we did for Mother's Day. And it starts at 10.30. And we are celebrating the men in our lives, the men in our worlds. Amen? I have many men that have impacted my life. One of them, I must have been seven, eight, nine years old. And I remember in Sunday school, and, and it's funny, at Boundary Road Pentecostal, I remember in Sunday school in one of the rooms in the basement, this man, and he had about four of us boys, three of them were Stunenbergs, but he had four of us in that room, and he told us, he said, you know what fellowship is? He said, that's two fellows in one ship. I've never forgotten what that man told me. Men, I want to celebrate you. Do not minimize the impact that you have on lives other than your children. So pour into the lives of those around you. Put the nuggets of God in you. And it's not just biological fathers, it's spiritual fathers too. So we're celebrating men. And we have a few gifts to pass along as we do the drive-through. So that is next Sunday, 1030. Amen. You got your Bibles ready? Let's turn to Romans chapter 4. I want to spend a little bit more time. A few weeks ago, we, we started the, the topic and the thought of faith. And as, as we got into that, I just felt the one Saturday as I was preparing, I just felt God saying this is a prophetic word to dealing with the promises that God has spoken and given to each and every one of us. I believe God has given each one of you a specific, a unique purpose and promise from him to you. And I believe part of the promise of God is found in our purpose. Part of the, the realization of, of what God has created. Why am I here? I believe part of that is found in the promises of God. Because the greatest purpose I can have in life is bringing honor and glory to my king. The greatest thing I can do in life is please my father. I'm amazed at how many adult men, especially, still say, I want to make my dad happy. I've seen successful businessmen, driven businessmen, making six, seven figures a year and they were interviewed, and they looked at him and said, I just wish my dad would say he's proud of me. 
There's a powerful thing inside of us as people to make our Father happy and pleasured. And one of the greatest ways you can do that is via faith. So I want to spend a little bit of time this morning talking about faith. I want to talk about what pleases the Father. I'm a father. And what pleases me is when my children take my word for it. That makes me happy. It makes me happy and it brings me pleasure when my children believe what I've said to them. And this morning, I want to share with you a little bit more about faith. Pastor Nelson talked about it last week. Powerful message. Pastor Daniel preached about it. Pastor Sean went there when he talked about the faith that we have for living in such a time as this. Pastor Sean was the first one to preach in in a setting where there wasn't people in the congregation. And his word was, you are here for such a time as this. Do you realize God has created you, planted you, and placed you here in 2020 because you can do it? And so the Father has given us pictures in his word. And I want to share with you a little bit about faith. We've spent time on it looking at, I I, I love looking at Abraham. And we've spent some time looking at Abraham. And I want to read about five or six verses. And then I want to just break them down very quickly and, and succinctly. And then I want to give you a small challenge at the end. Are you game? Romans chapter 4. Just give me a moment and I'll get there. And we're going to start in verse 16. We're jumping in halfway and we're going to read verses 16 all the way to the end of verse 22. And if you can join me in that. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith, who of, and the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, talking about Abraham here, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who, contrary to hope, In hope, believed. Contrary to hope, in hope, believed that that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall the nations according, um, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. Nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. And I love this. God, he says, in one of the translations, it says, nor the decades of her barrenness. I mean, just pile it on. Pile it on. The, the, the deadness of her womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. I would ask you to look at somebody and say this. So right now, just look at somebody within your bubble. Just look at somebody in your bubble and say, strengthened in faith. Strengthened in faith. 
You want to strengthen yourself in the Lord? Strengthen yourself in faith. And this morning, we're going to see how to strengthen ourselves in faith. And he strengthened himself in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced. I know that I know that I know. Fully convinced. Not 96%. Not, uh, I'm not sure. Fully convinced. He was fully convinced that he who had promised was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Father, I just ask for your word to go deep into our lives this morning. Lord, your word is seed. So, Lord, I'm asking for soft hearts. I'm asking for good soil. I'm asking, Lord, for a receptivity inside of us that says, you know what? I'm going to listen, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to do. In your precious name, amen. Amen. I want to just take a few verses here and just go through some of these verses very simply. And what I've done is I've looked at some of these words, and I've tried to draw some principles out of these words. The first thing I want you to see is in in verse 16, it says it's a faith according to grace that you receive the promise. Do you know God's promise is according to his grace? And what I wrote down in my notes, and if you're taking notes, believe in the goodness of God. Believe in his goodness. I, I grew up um, playing an arcade game, and there's, there's still one out here. It's called Whack-A-Mole. Anybody ever played Whack-A-Mole? I loved it. The mole would come up, and as soon as the mole's head came above the surface, bang. And there was like six or seven holes. And, man, I tell you, I was like, let's play. And as soon as it popped, bang, 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 bang. And sometimes... Our faith and our belief in our Father is the moment our head pops up. Do you know what we say? I must be doing something wrong because I shouldn't be feeling this good. And because of that, I know he's going to cut me off at my knees and humble me. Any, anybody, if you're at home, can you be honest? We, we believe in Murphy's law, but we don't believe in God's law. We believe that Murphy says if something's good going to happen, believe you, it's not going to happen. Murphy's laws, is, is, and we, we put all our trust and our faith in Murphy's law, but we don't trust God's love. And my thought for you today out of Romans 4.16 is believe in God's goodness. Believe it. What's happening around us? Man, if you're not careful, you start believing what's happening around us. You say, it is happening. Yeah, I know it's happening. This is also happening. And this is where I put my trust. I put my trust in what God says. And he doesn't say it's all going to be fine and dandy, but what he says is, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. 
And I think we need to put that in our hat and wear that sometimes instead of saying, oh, Corona's got me, oh, COVID's got me, oh, this has got me scared. What about the goodness of God in my life? Man, I'm getting worked up. And I've still got 20 minutes to go. Believe in the goodness of God. Don't overcomplicate God. I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. We make him a formula. I love formulas. God's not a formula. He's a person. You say, well, I might lose my job. Does that change who God is? Well, I got sick. Does that change who God is? Abraham looked at the situation and he still believed God was able to do what God said he could do. This is a real simple sermon. I've got like six or seven points. Believe in God's goodness. You say, I've learned that since Sunday school. Yes, and you know what? I still struggle with it. If I could be honest with you, I have those moments where I'm going, what's going on? I have those moments where my boat has been pushed and the waves have hit me. I've got those moments. And in those moments, I have learned to write my ship. And I write my ship by saying, God is good. I have little pep talks. I sometimes look at myself in the mirror and say, David, you're better than that. And God is good. I mean, if, if you walked around me, sometimes you'd think I was talking to you, but I'm just telling myself, no, get up and move on because God is good. You and I, as believers, have the greatest gift in us, and it's not just for me, it's for everybody around me. And in today's world, faith is being challenged. And faith is being challenged, and I need to stand up and say, no, I believe in God's truth. I believe in his goodness. I believe, you know what, I have eternal life. I don't care what happens to me here, because what happens to me here is a passing moment to compare to eternity. And my eternity has started already. Point number one. What is it? Thank you. My wife is listening. Believe in the goodness of God. If you look at some of these words here, it says, um, according to Greece, that the promise might be sure to all the seed. That sure, that word sure, also has the word guaranteed. If I'm going to guarantee you anything, I will guarantee you what God can do. We can't. There are moments, some of the greatest arguments I have are with myself. But I don't argue with the promises of God. I believe in his goodness. No matter what happens in my world, God is good. No matter what happens, God is good. Have you ever seen that sign in a house? Rule number one, mom's already, always right. Rule number two, if mom is wrong, go back to rule number one. Rule number one, God is always good. Rule number two, if you're not sure, go back to number one. God is good. 
When you walk out of these doors, believe in the goodness of God. You should be taking notes. These are really good points. Don't allow doubt to come into your world. Do not allow doubt to come into your world because when doubt comes, what happens is other things start to diminish. The children of Israel didn't go into the promised land. It wasn't because they couldn't do it. It was because they had doubt, unbelief. And their unbelief, they took, and they took the unbelief that other people had projected, and they took that, and they lived in that condition for 40 years. And it was miserable. And two men said, we can do it. And those two men were the only two men of that generation that moved on into what God had said. And you know what? They believed in God's goodness. You cannot afford, you cannot afford to not trust God's word. I have found I cannot afford to go there. I cannot. With everything that's happened in my world, I cannot afford to go where God is not. I cannot. I believe his word. I believe his word. I look at the reports that we get, and I get God's report. Faith doesn't mean you park your brain at the door. Faith means you take your brain, you evaluate it, and say, thank you, thank you, God. And I'll show you that. Because sometimes I think, well, well, faith just means I'm just stupid. I'm just like a little mouse just, just going in this maze. No, faith uses the logic that you have, and it evaluates the promises of God compared to the conditions of the world, and it says, I'm going to choose this. Verse 17, God's talking to Abraham and it says, I've made you a father of many nations. I love this. When God speaks to you, he doesn't speak according to what you see. He speaks what he sees. Abraham was struggling to have a child. God was telling him he was going to have nations. Think about that. I believe my wife's going to be healed, but God's saying, no, it's not just that she's going to be healed, but healing is going to flow and other people are going to be healed because of the work of God. The things that I go through aren't just for me to get my little child, to get my little promise. The things that I go through are so that God can work and he brings out his thing to pass. So when God speaks to you of his promise, you might just see the seed, but God sees the big picture. I'll use a word that we're very familiar with today, our bubble. We might see things in our bubble, but God's kind of like the bubble maker or the bubble burster, and he sees things bigger. And when he speaks to my life, he's not just speaking to me for now, he's speaking to me for the future. He spoke to Abram, Abraham, 
And he said, 400 years from now, I'm going to fulfill some of these things. And then he says, and by the way, not just that, but the seeds coming out of you. And Jesus was part of Abraham's seed. And God spoke to him about that. Out of your seed shall all the nations of the world be blessed. And Abraham's going, I don't even have a child. And you're talking to me about nations. I'm struggling to have a child. Go back to verse 16. When you struggle with what God says, do you believe in his goodness? Are you with me this morning? And everybody online, you can tap in and you can say, amen, Pastor David. I'll take it. I love seeing correspondence. I'll be honest with you. I like seeing like buttons. I like seeing those little hearts, you know, those little hearts that float up the screen. It's like, oh, there's another heart. I like it. I just, I'm just telling you, just, just the way I am. That's part of my love language, I guess. If you ask my wife, there's a sixth love language. It's called texting, and I love it. Verse 17, Abraham was talking about a child. God was talking about nations. Don't take God's word and make it small. I said a couple weeks ago, you you might personalize the promise but pluralize the blessing. The promise may come to you, but pluralize where it's going. I have taken his word. There are moments where I have sat down and all I can do is hang on to what he said because everything else isn't working out. But I hang on to what he said because I believe not just his word for now, but I believe what he will do with his word. We sometimes get so caught up in the moment. If you don't think so, the last 12 weeks we have been caught up in the moment. There were times when the only news item for 12, uh, for the 12, uh, for the 60 minute period, there were times when the only news item was COVID. And then what's funny is something else took over for that the race. And we're struggling with all these things and we're becoming reactionary instead of stepping back and saying, no, I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to trust God and I'm going to believe his word and I'm going to see his goodness in the land of the living. And I stand on his word. And all these other institutions and things may be struggling and it is crazy out there, but God is not crazy. He is good and he is for me and he has a word for me and he has promises for me. When it says, uh, he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. When you look at those words, one of the aspects of that word is when it says it does not exist, and it's talking about God here, he actually sees it because it does exist. So when God spoke to Abraham, Abraham couldn't see it because Abraham said, It did not exist. But God says, no, it's there. In fact, it's multiplied a few times in this passage. When you look at some of these words, when it talks about the promise already being there, it says in there that that is a position of being or a state where they're at, and God is already there. So when God spoke to Abraham, he was already where he said Abraham was going. 
the promise that God has given you, God is already there. God doesn't go, I'm going to throw them a little bone, and it's a pretty cool bone, and it's a promise, and I'm going to see what they do. And then all of a sudden he goes, Jesus, Holy Spirit, come here. We got a problem. They actually believed me. Now what are we? No. When he gives his word and he gives his promise, he already is there in that promise, standing there saying, it is. We might look at it and say, it's not. He looks at it and says, it is. He's creative, he's inventive, he's powerful. I wrote down, and, and excuse my grammar, I did graduate from high school and I have a few years of post-secondary uh, learning behind me, but um, what is not with us is, is with God. So excuse my grammar, but write it down. What is not with us is, is with God. And still all the English majors are going, meh, back to grade three. You might say it's not. With God, it is. If you're home, look at somebody and say, it is. We need to start professing what God says. Because we do enough professing what the news says. We do enough professing all the projections. Let's start professing this projection. Are you with me this morning? And everybody online said, heart, 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 heart. <laughs> I'm going to check the timestamp too, so I'll see if they actually responded at that moment. By the way, if you're watching online, we have a small uh, uh, group here this morning. We're trying a few things out as to how the flow works. Next week, we got Father's Day. The following week, June 28th, we are looking at doing um, an invitation, um, a registering online for church. And so we're still working out the, the kinks and stuff, but we're trying for June 28th. And uh, when I say that, that is a huge ask of, of my son, my wife, and my daughter, because I come up with the ideas, but they have to try to figure out how to do it. And so... Uh, Keep, keep your eyes on Facebook, keep your eyes on, on social media, and, and we will be trying to give you information. That was just an extra thing. Are you still with me? Faith. Believe in the goodness of God. What is not with us is, is with God. Verse 18. It says, who contrary to hope, talking of Abraham, contrary to hope means the hope that he had to have a child was no longer doable. But he took that and he says, contrary to that, he still had hope. And I think sometimes God looks at things and brings things and says, you know what, I'm just going to show you that it's only because of me and the grace of God that this happens. Because if I could say that I did it, chances are I will. I've been around enough people, had enough coffees, had enough conversations that it gets around to I 
I, I. And sometimes I think we need to get around God, God, God. Because the impossible becomes possible, not through David, through God. And it's according to his grace. Verse 18, Abraham took God at his word. It says, who contrary in hope, hope he believed so that he became the father of nations according to what was spoken. What was spoken over you? Take a 10-second inventory right now of your life. 10 seconds. What has God spoken over you? My question is, do you believe it? And part of it, I hope, stretches you so far that you say, I can't do it. Then I'm going to say, praise God, because you can't do it. He can. And part of the joy of it is somebody to come up and say, David, you're doing what? I never thought you could do that. And instead of getting some some self-identity crisis going, you know what? I couldn't. I couldn't. But God... I didn't think you'd be able to do that. You know what? You're right. I'm not good at telling jokes, but yet somehow I am the funniest person around Sunday morning at 1030. (laughs) See, everybody here is laughing. Say, how do you do it? I don't know. (laughs) I do not know. Okay, we'll move on. According to what's spoken here, I wrote this down. Take the position and the mindset of what God says to you. If you actually study this, Abraham was convinced. And that convinced actually was an aspect of taking his mind and saying, if he says it, I believe it. We as believers need to be people that are so convinced you cannot Get me off of it. You cannot, you can. My wife is healed. And you cannot tell me otherwise. And believe you me, the doctors have tried. But my wife is healed. You are going to touch lives that you have no clue about. Because God said it. Not because you can do it. He says it. And he put a gift inside of you that you will touch millions for him. And what we think we can't do, God says, great, now I've got you in the place where I can do. And we have to be so convinced. We have to be so convinced. We have to be as convinced as a child is about getting their afternoon snack because mom and dad told them so. I mean, try arguing with a child after you've told them they're going to get their goodie. We have to be so convinced. Abraham didn't consider his own body in verse 19. Faith speaks what God says. Faith speaks what God sees. Quit speaking what you see and start speaking what God sees. Quit speaking what you see and start speaking what God says. I got I to gotta get moving here. 
in verse 20, he did not waver. Pastor Daniel talked about Abraham not staggering. And he talked about how that actually means weaving it in and pulling it and wrapping it around you. What I also found interesting when you study that word, it also means contend. What was Abraham's wife's name? Sarah. Do you know what that meant? Contend. God is so fun. God, I wrote this down. And some of these, some of these are so simple. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to come up with this really great play of words and this and that, and they just come out. God is looking for people who will believe Him. I wish I could say it some other great, grandiose way. Oh, God of the heavens, as he reaches down to humanity, is looking for the mere mortals who will look up to him and say, I believe you. No, God is looking for you to believe him. Have faith. Some of you might say, Pastor David's on a roll this morning. We should just have him not preach for three months and just give him a little spot every three months. Weave yourself into his words. When uh, verse 21 talks about Abraham being fully convinced that he who had promised was able to perform. And we talked about that word earlier, able to perform. It talks about the word able actually talks about spending time in a place. God, when when we say he's able, he actually spends time in that place. And I'm here to tell you, he has a place for you. I'm intrigued by Psalm, Psalm 91, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. And somehow we've made that about our secret place. I think we need to find God's secret place. Seek ye first the kingdom. We need to spend time in the mystery of God. We need to spend time in the mystery of how can he say this when my life is like this and I evaluate this. It says Abraham looked at the deadness of his body and the deadness of his wife and he counted that. He didn't just deny it. He looked at that and he actually assessed it and comprehended it and put it into perspective. So faith does not just say, oh, forget that. Faith looks at the facts. Faith looks at the figures. Faith looks at the possibilities the position, the postulation, it looks at that, and then it says yes, and yes, and my yes is here with his word. I got to wrap this up. Your promise is where God is. In conclusion, I'd like to read a verse out of Romans four twenty three from the message because why did God tell us all about Abraham why did God spend his time talking to us about Abraham the last couple verses of that chapter of chapter 4 and just the way it reads it I like the way it reads it out of the message so I just want to read it to you close your eyes for a moment why am I talking about this Abraham I want you to grab onto what God speaks Because it's not just about Abraham. It's about you. And I'll read this passage. If you could close your eyes and let the imagination that you have 
the excitement that you have about what God has spoken to you, let it just percolate. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This 100-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promises asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. That is why it said Abraham was declared fit or righteous before God by trusting God to set him right. Listen here. Have your eyes closed. Your heart's open. But it's not just Abraham. It's also us. The power of faith was not just for Abraham. The power of a faith that could call into existence something that was not as though that it is, is for you and I. So when you walk out these doors this morning, my prayer is that you wouldn't just read the story of Abraham, but you'd say, this is for me. This is for me. And I am going to start walking in the world of impossible. I will start walking in the world of impossible for me, possible with God. This morning, if you've watched online, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those here this morning that you would dare to believe God. That you would be brave enough to put aside your mentality, put aside your rationale, put aside your logic. Doesn't mean that you don't have it. You have it, but that you would actually choose to believe God. Choose to believe God. If there's ever a time in our world to believe God, it's now. Let's pray. Father, give us faith. The faith, actually, Lord, that we would see the empowerment and the empowerment from you to realize the promise. That we would choose when the evaluation comes, am I going to look at the world? Am I going to look at me? Or am I going to look at God? That we would choose you because faith is a choice. And Lord, I pray that those people that we come in contact, we would be contagious Christians. That we would spread. That people are going to say, even if you get six feet around them, something happens. Lord, that we are contagious with you. In your precious name, and everybody said, Amen. You have something?